This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, okay, so this is part two of the episode uh, Standing Alone and Speaking the Truth and Having the Minority Opinion or Belief. And so in this section, I'm going to read some of the questions that I got on Instagram from you guys when I asked this question, what was hard about this specifically? What did you struggle with? And then you guys were, of course, faithful to answer that question. And so here are some of the, the actual things that you told me you were struggling with. Okay, so I'm going to paraphrase kind of the question that I was asked so it can just kind of get to the core issue uh, that the individual person was dealing with. So this first person said that she doesn't have time to research arguments and that she feels, you know, basically inept to respond to arguments because she doesn't know all of the arguments that the other party will have and she just doesn't get as in depth as other people. And so she feels like, you know, she'll just seem incompetent because she doesn't know all the answers. And my response to that is that the truth is less complicated than we are led to believe. So when you're in doubt, keep it simple. So you can always default to what you do know. You can always default to the truth. You do not have to have a response or a retort against every single argument someone has. For instance, let's just go to a common, you know, um, thing that a lot of us are talking about in, in our relationships, uh, right now. And that's Black Lives Matter, the organization. I know a lot of us understand that it has, you know, roots antithetical to the gospel and to the Bible. And it's very, um, flies in the face of what, you know, God has said is good and, you know, breaks down the family and all kinds of things. You do not have to understand like every single thing that's happened in the news or know all of the things about Black Lives Matter in order to say, look, I know what God says about the family. I know what God says about mankind and we are all made in the image of God. We all have value and dignity and worth. And I don't believe this organization supports that. I don't believe that they align with the biblical understanding of God or of man or of the family or of sexuality. And so I can't support it for that reason. You don't have to know every single thing there is to say. You can, you can, I think a lot of people think they have to have like a, uh, an argument against what someone is saying, but you can actually default to what you do know and the positives of what you can affirm and then um, why, because of those things, you won't affirm this certain thing, if that makes sense. Someone else said they feel unqualified. So they feel unqualified to speak to a, a, a topic that is current. 
not necessarily in light of scripture, but just getting the facts wrong and there not being enough hours in the day to research everything. Well, that kind of goes back to the, um, the thing that I was just saying. You don't have to know everything. You just have to know what is true. And that's where steeping yourself in the Bible, knowing scripture becomes a lot more important than knowing current events. Because when you know the truth, you can pick out the lies a lot more easily. You don't have to know every single thing that's happening in the news to know what is categorically true and categorically untrue. And when those things come across a conversation, you're going to have, um, you know, if you are being steeped in truth, you're going to have a, an instinct there from the Holy Spirit and a, and a discernment that is, ah, uh, you know, I, that just doesn't sound right. And even if you can't fully express why, you can say, you know, I, I don't think I agree with that. And I can get back to you on, you know, later with more specifics, but, um, you know, I just don't think that that really sounds like it would be in line with scripture. Um, and even if that's all you can say is I'm not sure why, I just don't, I, I have a feeling that that would actually fly in the face of um, what the Bible says about about the family or about God's design for man and woman, um, marriage, like whatever, whatever it is, you can default to um a humble answer that also refuses to just be completely silent because you don't have a full laid out argument and explanation for why you disagree. Like it's not on you to do that. So then someone else said being misunderstood and uh, she feels like it's a lost cause. Um, she doesn't want people to misunderstand her, um, that she's trying to change their mind when that's not her intention. Um, to that, I would say, then tell them, look, I don't want to change your mind. I want to, I want to understand your view better. Can you help me understand? Um, would you help me understand better? And then listen to them and ask questions and be willing to be silent for a little bit. Um, or maybe the whole time, if that's just a learning experience for you. And if you are just seeking to gather information to better understand their views, and then you can go off and research and come up with, you know, your, uh, your defense of your faith in light of what they said. Um, and if your goal isn't to change their mind, then I don't think you need to worry that it's a lost cause because you're not trying to change their mind. And I can tell you that listening to someone uh, garners you a lot of favor in their eyes. They feel very valued. You know, everybody's really obsessed with their own views. So if you actually ask someone questions and listen to them, that's going to give you some relational capital to have maybe a future conversation with them. Don't expect that you're going to just have one fell swoop conversation where you're just going to lay down the truth and everybody's going to hear it and love it and say, oh my gosh, you're so right. I mean, that just doesn't happen. So you're probably going to have, if this is a relationship you care about, a series of conversations and they might all feel very little and insignificant but over time, you can make progress towards understanding each other, towards um, you more clearly communicating your ideas or your position or your beliefs, um, towards, you know, understanding better theirs. And then, um, you know, the, the beautiful thing about the Christian faith is that it has a very strong defense because it's true. And so when you are on the side of truth, it's just a matter of, of uncovering the reason why the other person's point of view, belief, you know, stance is wrong. Because if it is wrong, 
then at some point it's not going to hold up. At some point there will be an inconsistency. And then it's just up to you to find what is that point. How can you clearly illustrate that? How can you draw that out in a conversation? What examples can you give? And you may not change their mind. Even with all the best examples and best arguments and best apologetic, it doesn't mean you're going to change their mind. But it does mean that you can stay in the driver's seat of the conversation if you understand how to ask those questions. Okay, for the next one. Her trouble with confronting Christians these days is that the standard answer seems to be we are called to lay down our rights. She says, I totally agree, but does that mean we become doormats? Just let the culture take its course and say nothing. Well, no, it doesn't. We shouldn't do that. Um, and you're right about that. We, we should not become doormats. Um, in that case, you know, if someone's saying, well, you're called to lay down your rights. It sounds like you might be referring to like a mask issue. Um, well, that is, um, frankly, just taking scripture and misappropriating it to an agenda to serve a uh, cultural agenda or even a political agenda that is not what the scripture meant. So we cannot take God's word and then twist it to mean, oh, this means masks. No, because, um, if you can twist scripture to mean that, then I can twist scripture to say that uh, laying down your rights actually in scripture means for you to lay, lay down your right to tell me what my what laying down my rights needs to look like. So see how using logic, I can just say, you and I don't get to interpret scripture. Scripture gets to interpret scripture. And we see that God's heart is for both us to not assert our own opinions over others, as well as to care for the whole person and not just their body, but also their soul. And if I, you know, what the reason that I would be against mass, for instance, just as a hypothetical, I don't know if this is your reason, but would be that I actually believe that this is taking one step down a slippery slope that would lead to a communist state and I think that that is a much greater risk to the health and the life and the prosperity of my neighbor than coronavirus. And so that's why I actually disagree that we should mandate masks. So I don't know if, you know, that's the example you were giving or not in that question, but that's just one example of, you know, just sort of finding the inconsistency. If you get to interpret and twist scripture, well, then what happens when I twist it in a way that serves my agenda or purpose? Oh, you don't like it so much? Okay, let's let scripture speak for itself. Let's leave scripture out of this. Or if we're going to bring it into it, we need to let it speak for itself and not speak for it or put our own words into God's mouth because that's heresy. Okay, so here's the next one. Um, I, okay, she says, all right, so I have a dear friend who I believe knows the Lord, but she is on the crazy COVID bandwagon with her beliefs and a little on the that BLM train. How can I humbly, lovingly, graciously engage with her on these issues? She shuts down if you try and have a nonchalant convo about things in regards to any of that, it's hard to know if I need to just bring up these issues out of the blue with her and talk through all of this stuff or let it come out naturally or what. And to that, I would say it really depends on the depth of your friendship and um, and how much it matters to you that, that she knows your heart on these things. If this is a really close friend, like a sister um, or just like your best friend, then I would say it's probably worth digging in and having a hard conversation um, because you care about her and because you're going to be speaking the truth about those issues and she's going to see it and it's going to cause issues between you if you don't communicate with her directly. Um, if, however, it's just an acquaintance, then 
I might not force it. I might not, you know, push my my thoughts on that person just out of the blue. Um, because, you know, frankly, I don't think I'm here to change people's minds. I'm just here to speak the truth. Now, when I know that me speaking the truth is going to cause conflict or issues in that in another person that I care deeply about, I'm going to go out of my way to have a conversation with them one-on-one so that they know where I'm coming from, so they know my heart for them. Even if we disagree, I love them and I care about them. I don't want to cancel them. I don't want to be canceled, but can we agree to disagree and can we have a respectable conversation on these issues Um, and basically come to a place of recognizing like, can you respect me even though you disagree with me? Um, and say that I respect you, even though I disagree with you, but I'm not going to not speak just because you don't like what my opinion is. I'm not going to silence myself or, you know, mute myself just to keep you comfortable in the context of social media or even our, you know, in real life relationship. Say you go to the same church or small group, or you have mutual friend groups or whatever, this stuff comes up, um, because we're humans and we're all living it. And so, I guess I would approach it that way, depending on the depth of the friendship, depending on how much it mattered to me for them to understand my true heart towards them and to keep, you know, unity really in in the friendship. Now, if they're a Christian, again, maintaining unity in the body is important, but if they're not, that is going to be harder. And so you are going to have, um, have to probably just agree to disagree. And, and that is where you would need to find out if that person can stand to let you have a differing opinion or not. Um, And if not, you know, frankly, I would just question whether that's a friendship that you really uh, want to have. So, okay. Okay. The next question I got was from someone who had a friend on social media that blocked her because she said something uh, about Donald Trump and the friend didn't like that she said something positive about him and the friend blocked her. She said that, um, they had not, they were not real life friends, but they had been following each other on social for eight years. And I think this actually, um, this kind of illustrates the point that I was just making. If this is a shallow friendship, which I would say, even though you've been following each other on social eight years, you're not real life friends. And so it's really easy to just, um, edit your audience and edit your, uh, you know, who, whose opinions you have to consume when they're people you're never going to have to see in real life. It's a lot harder to do that when those are people that you're going to have to interact with and engage with at church or at school or at work, whatever. And so I would, I'm not that surprised that someone who, you know, you don't know in real life on social media would block you just because you say something about Trump. Well, he's an extremely polarizing figure. So I'm not surprised by that at all. And it's unfortunate, of course, that just because we have differing opinions or vote differently that someone would completely block you. Um, I would not do that. And I have not done that to many people I know who are um, not voting the same way I am this fall. And yet I'm not super shocked that that would happen. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just recognize that, yeah, if you can avoid making the conversation around a political figure, avoid you know, when you know it's going to be divisive, when you know that that person or that topic is going to be something that is extremely divisive, it would probably be, it would probably serve you better to avoid bringing him into it and keep it about the issue itself um, and or, you know, the topic itself rather than the individual who is very inflammatory and causes people to lose their minds. The last question I got was um, someone said that they feel like they are really passionate 
and yet they don't feel wise enough or have the right words to defend or articulate where their views are coming from. Um, And they feel like they would get demolished. And I would just say to you, you know, there's something to be said for getting educated and learning about these issues, certainly, and, um, and just listening to people who do understand them very well, talk about them. Ali Stuckey is one that I really like. Um, Andrew Claven, I like his show daily for kind of, um, conservative political commentary on what's going on in the world. But, um, frankly, God puts each of us in our own context, our own life and circumstances by his own sovereign will and design. And there's no accident about where you are and, um, where you find yourself, the family you've grown up in. This person also said that they work in a place with lots of educated people and they are, they feel like they are ideologically alone. Um, also in an unsaved family with unsaved friends, um, and unmarried and they feel just extremely isolated. And so uh, that's where I was going with saying, I, I think that, you know, God, God does not make accidents about where he places us. And so, um, while I know you're probably looking for like, uh, some magic answer and you, you and I both know that doesn't exist. I would say that, uh, you need to ask God what he would have you do there. I mean, what does he desire for you to do? How can you glorify him in that situation? Even in that place of feeling so isolated, uh, uh, of course, getting involved in the local church, finding a strong network of community and Christian friends, starting to build that, even if it's very slowly, even if there's just a few, will be invaluable for you having that. But what is God asking of you in this situation, in your context? Maybe it's not to be the most vocal one in the room, but maybe it is to Um, ask questions and learn how to have an apologetic. Maybe it's to start doing that in um, small settings, you know, where you can practice and kind of get your feet wet. And, uh, and you said, you know, this person also said that they know they're not alone. They know God is with them. And that's true. Um, And perhaps that is part of what is happening in your life through this experience, through your unique circumstance where you are very isolated and alone. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what God is doing through that. But, um, you know, the beautiful thing is that he does not need us, but he uses us. And we get to be a part of what he is doing in the world and how he's building his kingdom. So um, I don't want anyone to walk away from this episode feeling like a burden or a, um, a, a burden of legalism or you know, pressure that they have to do more, say more, be more, whatever. That's not the point of this. The point of this is that out of our love for God, out of our desire to um, see his name glorified in the world and to build his kingdom and to be faithful with the opportunities he gives us, out of that place, we will speak even when we are alone in the room. Um, and even when we are standing alone speaking the truth. So, um, I know that this is such a huge topic. Thank you guys for submitting your questions. I hope that that was helpful. And I hope that most of all, you see that this is a hard topic. This has no easy answers or no quick, 
you know, um, down and dirty tricks of how to just get through it with no pain. There really is no way there will be suffering in this life. The Bible has already told us of that. So, uh, we do not need to look for a shortcut and a, a painless way through. We need to look for the help of God, even in the midst of trials and challenges of various kinds. I want to end by quoting Romans eight thirty one through 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you guys so much for listening and being here for this two-part episode. It ended up being so much longer than I thought, but I feel like it was just so important. I had to had to do it justice. So, all right. Thank you guys. And um, as a reminder, this month, it's still August. Uh, so for the month of August, all of the Firestarter episodes are available to everyone. They'll be in your podcast app. But come September 1st, you will have to be inside the Patreon community to get all of the future Firestarters episodes every Wednesday. They will then be exclusive to Patreon supporters. And you can join the Patreon community for $10 a month and you will get access to all of the forthcoming Firestarters episodes, which will continue to be just a little bit more of a raw, um, personal, intimate, you know, take on various topics and a little less produced than my traditional episodes. So I am really excited for this community to get going and I know it's going to be super fun. I feel like it's already been awesome and I'm excited to see you guys in there. So you can join at patreon.com slash kindled podcast. All right. I'll see you on Monday.